Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You know, the palm branches at that time was a symbol of victory and triumph, peace, and eternal life. And for Christians, it's a reminder of welcoming of Jesus into our hearts and the willingness for us to follow him. So let's always remember to follow our Christ Jesus this morning. Amen. Thank you, children. Hallelujah. These children are beautiful Beautiful. Let's all take our black hymnal. Turn to hymn 167. As we stand, shake hands with somebody and tell them that you love them this morning. Tell them and mean it this
every day. Thank you, Ms. We'll be in a start out in Matthew 21 and kind of kind of go through from there. Uh, of course, we don't want to forget that uh, in First John 2, 1, that there was an atonement made for our sins, and now the blood speaks on our behalf. And Matthew 21, we're going to pick up with uh, Palm Sunday. Just kind of skim that for just a minute. Not that it's not important, but uh, we're going to kind of continue in the trend that we've been continuing in about uh, this this uh, week leading up to the cross of Jesus Christ. Uh, so with Matthew uh, 21, we'll kind of look at uh, verses 1 and then go from there. Uh, as you turn there, whether you use your tablet, your phone, your uh, iPod, whatever you or iPod. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> that's a, or, or your, that, that's, let's go real old school, or your Bible. Uh, so, so you're more than welcome to uh, do that. And, and okay, so as we go, Lord, in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your... Uh, just all you've done. There's so much to be thankful for. I can't, I, I'm with uh, uh, Miss Norma Jean, 70 years in the ministry, and she can't thank you enough for the things. And Lord, I was just, I can, I can just echo that in my own life as we all can. We thank you, Lord. You're welcome here to have your will and your way. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you just saturate this place uh, with the power, with encouragement, with conviction, with comfort, with peace, with gifts, with callings, whatever you see fit for you know what's best. If you didn't know what was best, you would have allowed me to make the choices in my life. But I humbly submit my hand, my life under your humble, under your mighty hand that you make the choices in my life. And I thank you for that. And uh, Lord, we know we have some choices that are coming up difficult ahead and Lord we just pray that you are the final say and final answer let this word speak loud and clear and let him that has an ear hear what the spirit is saying to the church of God today and all God's people said amen amen, amen. amen. Matthew 21 and you know we had a uh, just want to kind of uh, get this out of the way uh, just want to tell you that we're glad to be back had a great time uh, on vacation as many of you know we went to uh, Tennessee and and uh, if you have us on Facebook and some things we kind of posted some pictures and you can look at the pictures and we, we just had an amazing time the room was great the uh, places we went and seen were just wonderful the food was uh, filling and good and uh, people were just nice and we got to shop and do some things and some souvenirs and some stores and some smiling and uh, Grayson had a wonderful time and one of his friends got to come along with him and uh, just I had just an amazing experience, and we do uh, thank Brother Chris for filling in. I do thank y'all for your prayers and all, but we had a great time, great cabin, hot tub, pool table in the room, dish network. We had an antenna where I live. We had dish network over there, and you know if you've seen the Facebook pictures of that, then uh, we just we had a great time, just a wonderful time. And then 
Well, so we get home and we check the mailbox, and of course this ain't the actual one, but it's going to be pretty similar uh, to the <laughs> to the bank statement. <laughs> so, a lot of charges come <laughs> come from Tennessee. I didn't know. I didn't know that what happens in Tennessee is supposed to stay in Tennessee. <laughs> if you saw the picture of Amanda washing dishes, sadly it did. But now, no, this one's not that bad. And then that second page, it gets a little bit worse. And then that third page, I'm telling you what. And then there's four pages I'm hitting. <laughs> so. I just want the reality sets in. Yeah. Reality, that's what I'm getting at. Reality sets in. But you know what? We can afford to pay this bill. But there was one that I have racked up and accumulated over the years that I can't afford to pay. The life that I live, or did live, it looked fun, felt good. I'm not going to lie to you. I enjoyed sinning. I wouldn't have done it. But the wages of that, I couldn't pay. Yeah. I couldn't do it. I can pay this. Don't feel sorry for it. If you want to give me a holy handshake with a couple hundred dollars in it, that's <laughs> I can pay this, no problem. But only he could pay the other. Yeah. Yeah. He's the only one that could do it. I, I, yeah. Yeah. So if he hadn't been... He's been so good to us, hasn't he, Miss Norma Jean? I bet I get. And you know what I like? What and I'm, y'all stay in 21, 28, 18. Let me read this to you. I want you to grasp this today. And Jesus said, "All power is given unto me, in heaven and in earth." Jesus holds all the power. Now listen to this. He holds all the power. It's Palm Sunday. He's riding in 21, 1 through 11. When, just going to very quickly kind of go over this. He's riding into Jerusalem and to, it's Tristan, no, he went back, into Bethphage. We practiced that one in Sunday school. And uh, go into the village and get the donkey, gets the donkey, they lay the palm branches out. He goes, Hosanna, glory to God. In the highest, very first four in chapter 21 is very significant. All this is done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet. Fulfilled. That was fulfilled, which was spoken. Uh, 21, and we click on down to 12. And Jesus went into the temple where they sold and bought the temple. He overthrew the tables and said, It is written, all this was written in the book. It is written. And then in 16, it goes on to say, And he said unto them, Hearest thou what thou sayest? And Jesus said, Yes. He answered out of the mouth of babes and suckling. This has been perfected as praise been perfected. All of this is written. Jesus has entered into the city. Let's go to my notes, say 2636 in the same book, Matthew. Uh, we're we're uh, going to the garden again. And I, I mean, we're not recapping and reiterating. I didn't run out of things to say. Uh, this is what the Lord's laid on my heart to say. Uh, in Matthew 26 and 36, then cometh Jesus into the place called Gethsemane and said, Disciples, sit here and go pray. And at this point, Jesus knows why he's here. He knows what it's going to cost. He knows why he's here. If not, if there's another way, Lord, let it pass. And the Lord says, and his father says, there's no other way. 
He says, if there is another way, let it pass. He goes back to the garden. I know the cost. I know what it's going to cost. And he says, do you know what it's going to cost, son? And he says, it's going to cost me everything. If there's a way, let it pass. And he goes back a third time, knowing what he must do. He prayed till sweats, drops of blood hit the ground. And he says, nevertheless, let it pass. But if there's no other way, if there's no other way, let thy will be done. Let thy will be done. And the Bible says that he was, the Son of God was exceeding sorrowful, not because of what he was going through and what was happening. He was exceeding sorrowful for us. For us, he was that way. And his sweat became drops of blood. And the covenant was fulfilled. And the Bible says a new testament was written in his blood. A new testament. He broke bread that night. He said, I tell you, eat the bread, drink the wine. This is a New Testament written in my blood for you. I came not to condemn the law, but to fulfill the law. That the law may be fulfilled and that you may have a New Testament. And this New Testament starts on the cross because I can't get what you've left me until you die. I'm an heir and a joint heir. And a New Testament was written in blood. From the foundation, the blood has been speaking on your behalf. Amen. I'm not suggesting, and just as and when he entered in, it's written, it is written, it is written, it is written. Jesus didn't go around checking off prophecies, making sure he dotted every I and crossed every T. I'm not saying that Jesus went around with a scroll, I'm saying that he was the Word made flesh. Yes. And he stepped out of eternity into time so he could spend his time with you. I am he who came. You rejected me, but you received me. And I give you the power to become sons and God, daughters of God. I am the Word. The Word made flesh. And the Word was God. The Word was with God. And the Word was made flesh. And he dwelt among us. And he came in the form of Jesus Christ. In the book of Psalms, he said, I have placed my Word above all my names. You can pray the names of God all you want to, but if you don't call out on the name of Jesus, you can't be saved. He said, the word is greater than all of my name. You can call me Jireh. You can call me Sinkanu. You can call me your healer, your provider, your peace. But if you don't call me your Savior, it don't matter. That's right. Amen. Jesus is the word made flesh and dwelt among us. He is the word. He is the one. He is the one the whole scriptures talk about. He is the one it was written. And he says, lo, I come in the Bible. Behold, I come in the volume of the book to do your will, O God, for sacrifices you delight in and the smells you delight in, but they wouldn't do. So you sent me, your son, and I come in the volume of the book to do your will. And I laid down my life, a living sacrifice, so that they can come to you, Father. I do that for you. And I do that for them. And the blood hit the ground and the New Testament was formed. The choice was made. Those who rejected, rejected. Those who accepted, he accepted. And it was, I think Chris sang it some, or somebody sang it, and he chose that path. Yeah. He looked in the garden, and he looked at them sleeping, and he looked at Calvary, and he looked, and he chose the path. He chose the path. And I'm thinking, I don't know about you, how do you know 
That's what he chose. 2653. Think that I can't pray my father and he'd presently send more than Otis. Twelve legions of angels sang that song. That wasn't by accident he sang that song. I didn't call him and tell him that. But listen to that. All authority is given into me. Could I not call angels down and get me out of this? That tells me he, he chose the path. He willingly chose it. Chapter 26, verse 53. Thinkest now that I cannot pray to my Father and He shall presently give me more than twelve legions of angels. But how then, if I do that, how then can this happen? If, if, I, don't, if I don't go to the cross, you have no promises. You have no Savior. You have no hope. You have no help. You've got a bill that you can't pay. You can't fulfill the law. It's the schoolmaster. Matter of fact, if you look at this, this proves you guilty. This condemns. God forbid. For well, for grace. So what are you saying? We need to sin more to get more grace? Paul says, no, no. Grace has come in the form of a man. His name is Jesus Christ. And He's come to save. Seek and save that which was lost. He came to pay the ransom and pay the price. He chose this path. He chose it. He saw you. He saw it. And you know what? It's going to sound harsh. He says, I choose the cross. I choose the cross. And he set his face, the Bible says, like flint. And he chose the cross. Peter said, I'm going with you. He said, I don't think so. One day you'll come, but not today. Oh, I'll, I'll go with you. And here comes Judas, betrayed him. Come on, or time's at hand. He's in the garden. He gets up. Judas comes and betrays him. Peter cuts off the ear. That's when he says, "Don't." he puts the ear back on and says, don't you think that my father won't save me? I got to do this. I'm going. I got to do this. He chooses this. He chooses the betrayer, betrays him with a kiss. The disciples flee. Everybody runs. Everybody runs from God. Don't they? Yeah. Everybody runs from God. In Psalms, he says he looked down and there was none that did good. None that ran after God. They all ran away from him. Oh, they got it in our idea that God's this tyrant that wants us to do this and do that and we just got to be robots doing it. No, we're, we're justified and forgiven, being sanctified and set apart. How do I grow if I don't go through some things? I'm not immune or exempt. I'm saved. Amen. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Empowered to do the things that God's called me to do. And it only gets out sideways when I lean in my own understanding. But when I lean into His bosom and I can hear Him whisper, I know what He wants me to do. And I walk in power and authority. Are you walking in that today? Or are you running from Him today? Are you fleeing? What's going on in your life? Remember, the garden is a garden of decision. It's a garden where you've got to take inventory. Where a man has to examine himself. It is. And he stands before the council. Unjustly condemned. And all authority and power has been given unto him. Right? Is that what he said? So at this point, what does that mean? He can do whatever he wants to. Is that not right? Yeah. Peter, 
Aren't you one of him? Never know him. Didn't I see you with him? You sound like him. Don't know him. You dress like him. I said I don't know the man. Jesus looking at him. And they smite him. Pull his beard out. Buffet him. The Bible says they smote him. Smote him. Each of us have went our own way. And Jesus has saw that. And he looks. And you know what? He chose the cheek. He did. He chose to take that. And you know what? There's some pride and shame are terrible. They're, they're kin. They're connected. They're a lot different, but they are connected. They are almost like fraternal twins. You know what pride does? Pride can keep Peter from ever going back to the Lord because I didn't do nothing wrong. And shame can keep you from coming because you did something wrong. And God says you need to come either way. Pride says I'm too good to go. Shame says I'm too unworthy to go. Jesus says all can come unto me who are heavy laden. And so he took that pride and he took that shame. And you know what? I, and maybe no pun intended. Maybe it is. This is what the Lord spoke into my heart. heart and Jesus faced it for you. As they plucked the beer out of his face, he faced everything, every ridicule, every remark, every grief, every shame, every hideous thing that you've ever thought, everything that nobody ever knows about, everything that's been pushed aside in your life, and I don't want you to reveal it today, and he don't want you to reveal it ever again, because the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all unrighteousness, and if you'll walk with him, have fellowship with him, he will cleanse you of all of that unrighteousness, and if you're living with that today, you're living with it by choice. You're living with it by choice. Let it go. Yeah. Let it go. He put. He faced it for you. And the blood of His face covered all that. You don't have to stare at that anymore. You don't have to face that anymore. You don't have to look at that anymore. This is not a relaxed life. This is freedom in Christ. You're forgiven. And you know the one that said it? The one who said He had all authority and all power. Said, pull my cheek and leave Him alone. Because I'm going to tell you something. What Jesus does say is powerful. It is. Peter, you'll deny me three times. It's powerful. It's not condemning. It's a warning. He's desired to sift you. Pray for you. You're going to make it. It's powerful. You know what else is powerful? What he don't say. He meets Peter on the shores. He's prepared him a meal. And he says, Peter, do you love me? Peter said, I do. Do you love me? I do. Do you love me? You know I do. Then feed my sheep. You know what he didn't say? Peter, how could you? Peter, why did you? Peter, don't you know? Peter, what was you thinking? Do you know what? That's the accuser of the brother. I've got an advocate, John 1, 2 and 1 and 2, that speaks louder than the accuser of the brother. And he silenced the accuser and he puts that accuser under his feet and he says, not my boy, he's covered by the blood. Do you love me, Peter? That's all I want to know. And when you're going through the trial, all I want to know is, do you love me? That's what he said. So what he don't say is as powerful as what he does say. He never condemned me for what I did. He never blamed me for what I did. He never criticizes me for what I did. Only I do that. 
He's forgot them. He's cast them as far as the east is from the west. I don't walk in them anymore. I'm the only one reminding anybody of this stuff. He, the cross covered it all. It covered it all. Don't we live in faith? Hey, we got so much to be thankful for. Huh, leave it alone. Drop it. And start in a new direction. Because I'm going to tell you what, next in three days, I mean, it's coming a newness in life. And 40 days after that, you're not going to believe what happens in your life. Because he looks at Peter the same way he looks at you. And it's not with conviction, not with condemnation, it's with kindness, longing, and loving. And you know what? Jesus knows what you don't know. There, Jesus knows, I'll see you in Galilee. Peter says, I don't know if I'll ever see you again. Jesus knows. Aren't you glad that he knows what you don't know? If he says he's going to see you in Galilee, guess what he's going to do? He's going to see you in Galilee because all authority and all power has been given unto him. He does what he wants to do. Kicking and screaming, Paul, kick against the bricks. I don't really care. I'll knock you on your back. He'll do what he wants to do. Ask Job. Ask Abraham. Ask Marie. Ask Jeff. He does what he wants to. If he didn't, he wouldn't be all powerful, would he? I can't control him. But I'll tell you what I told him in Wednesday night service. If I can move his heart, I can move his hand. Huh. I can get it. That's the way Grayson is. He'd grab your hand, pull you, and snatch him back. But when he'll when he daddies you, hey daddy. Yeah, you can have a you can have it. He knows. He knows. Knows looks. So we go to John 19, flipping right, hurrying to the cross. John 19. John 19. I love it when we talk about the blood. John 19, 1. Hmm. Oh, I got my, forgot my book. John 19, 1. Comes the. Then Pilate, reluctant to persecute a righteous man, therefore took Jesus and he scourged him. And the soldiers plaited a crown of thorns and put it on his head and put him in a purple robe and said, All hail, king of the Jews. And they slapped him or smote him with their hands. As the crowd cheered Hosanna earlier in the week, they now cry crucified. Pilate reluctant, scourged him, whipped him, whipped him with a cat of nine tails. Not a Jewish, not a Roman woman, not 39 save one. I would think that this was a Jewish Hebrew beating. So much so the Bible says that the 39 lashings or the 40 lashings or 50 lashings, however many lashings, however many stripes, he was so badly whipped that most people never survived this part of it. And they did. And the Bible says that Jesus, though, he survived it because he's God only man. He is the God man. But it says that all the stripes that were laid formed one stride and his back was laid open for the man was a God man he was a strong man but he was also bruised for your iniquities 
we have to chastise for your transgressions, chastise for your peace. By stripes, healed. Every dark thing, listen to this now. We talked about bruises being iniquity. Bruised for your iniquity. That's that hidden stuff inside of you that you can't just get away from that surfaces once every 10 years, once every high school reunion, once every time you drive by, once every time you think about, once every time that enemy comes in like a storm and, and just messes your day up. Uh, that's that dark thing that uh, you that you have. But now the Bible says that he was bruised and he was whipped. So that iniquity that almost surfaced, Jesus was whipped for it. He was whipped. Now I want you to know this, that the enemy wants everybody to see that iniquity. He wants, he wants for all to see. That every, the enemy wants to, everyone to acknowledge, everyone to excuse, accuse, everybody to condemn you, everybody to know whatever things going on in your life. And he would do that too had those stripes been visible. But because, listen to this, every sin was laid open on his back. All of your sins was laid open on his back for all to see. But they couldn't see it because it was covered by the blood. Covering the blood. All your stripes became one stripe. All your stripes that you needed became his stripe. All you suffered and suffered for. And much like Easter morning, like his stripes, we're healed. He tells Thomas, he says, look at my hands. Behold, stick your hand in my side. I don't believe Thomas could stick his hand in his side because I believe his side was healed. I believe he was looking at a scar. He wasn't looking at an open wound. But now out here in this congregation, I'm afraid that uh, because we don't walk in the same healing that he walks in, I believe that we are looking at a bunch of open wounds. That we pick those wounds and we pick those wounds open and we walk in those wounds and we never let those wounds heal. And because we don't understand what Thomas uh, got to see for himself, that like him, three days later, he should have been unrecognizable. Three days later, he should still have one stripe. Three days later, he should still be bruised, battered, skin plucked, thorn of crowns on his head, so bloodied and mangled that they wouldn't have to ask, where is he? What have you done with him? Where have you laid him? And him say, Mary, it is I. Go tell Peter to come because she didn't recognize him. Not because she didn't know him, but because like his stripes were healed, she could be healed. That's the way this thing works. He wants healing for your soul. He wants healing for your spirit. He wants healing for you physically. That's what he wants. That's what he got. And that's what he offers today. Healing for you. He said, blessed are you that see this, Thomas, and blessed are you that know it's coming. Blessed are you. Let the scars remind you of the ability to save you, to heal you. And I thank my sister right there so much. I was in the choir up here today, and I'm looking, and I thought, oh, my goodness, this is not in the notes. This is, she looks just like my mama. I'm not playing on your heartstrings. I'm not sure she reminds, she reminds me so much of my mama. And I miss my mama. And you know what I'm not going to ever do? I'm not going to ever forget her. Uh, that's a lie straight from the pit of hell for me to forget my mama. Uh, she was the most one of the most valuable women in my life. You know what? I, I'm good with it. I'm good. Does it hurt? Absolutely. Is it tough? Absolutely. But am I going to forget? Too valuable to forget. My God, that's all I got is memories. I'm not going to forget her. I'm not telling you. But I will tell you what I am going to forget. I'm going to forget all the people that hurt me. But uh, that's a good hurt. Mama's was a good hurt. And you know what? If he didn't want me to remember her, then he should have made her look a little different. <laughs> and that's just the truth of the matter. It's a God thing. It's a God thing. 
but he does want me to get the he does want me to let the wounds heal because people hurt you. People hurt hurt people hurt people. People just are mean. People are mean. We in Tennessee, people's mean. We in Alabama, people's mean. People are mean. How can I forget? How can I forget if it's always there? He put a crown of thorns on his head. And he don't say, you have the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ. He says, let this mind, let this renewed mind, regenerated mind be in you that was in Christ. He don't force, he's a gentleman. He don't force it on you. He don't make you take it. Paul says this way, when I, when I was a child, I, treat, I acted like a child. And when I grew up, I lay those things down. You've got a part to play in this. You have to make an effort in this. He is not a, your sugar daddy or your do for. He is not like that. He says you can have the mind of Christ if you'll let me. If you'll let it. So the crown of thorns allows me to let His mind be in you. I came to give you a new mind, a renewed mind. Let it happen. And they didn't just place the crown. I know you've read this before. They drove the crown. It says they buffeted, they, they beat it on his head. And he picked up his cross, and they condemned him to the cross. And he carried his cross to Golgotha, Calvary. Man, Grayson was out in putting up some corner posts the other day. And I said, bring that post. And we grabbed that post, and we took it over there. And we got it over to the hole, and we laid it down. And he sat down on the ground. And I, I'm going to tell you what, this is, I wrote it down. This is what he, when he said, my God, Jesus was strong, wasn't he? Melted his daddy's heart. I'm telling you what. I can't imagine what his father thought when he carried your cross. I melted his heart. Melted his heart. And he chose the cross. And they took... And he took the cross and he laid it down and he laid himself on it because we've got to remember now, no man takes his life, he lay it down. He lay it down freely. And I believe that they took it, they took it, put their foot under his arm and they grabbed that arm and they stretched it. Well, why do you say that, preacher? I said, well, you know what I'd have done if they'd done mine? I'd have rolled on them. And I believe they did. I believe they pulled it and they stretched it. And you say, well, that's not biblical, but Psalms 22 says that they stretched me out of joint. My bones are out of joint. And I believe why he held that hand out and he grabbed that nail and he placed it in his hand. And while he's reaching, got one hand, he got another one to get the hammer with. I believe Jesus grabbed that nail so he could grab the hammer. I don't know that's biblical, but I know it feels like redemption to me. It feels like he it feels like he laid it down willingly for me, and I believe he held that nail. We talked about this, and he gave the nod, and that centurion drove that nail into his hands. And my hands that used to push him away and run from him and hide and steal and clutch and keep and fight and whatever they used to unholy now are lifted up high. Holy hands. They're they're presenting gospels. The feet that were nailed that once rush once run away from God. And were filthy because of the places they had been. Romans calls them beautiful because they carry the gospel. 
Hey, I'm going to tell you something. If you're saved, you're carrying the gospel yeah. with you. It ain't the preacher. It's the gospel. And you know, it ain't, it, ain't, it ain't the present. It's the presence of you bringing the gospel, the presence of God. He says, my filthy feet are beautiful now. Filthy feet, beautiful. And he looks at that centurion and says, go ahead. And they lifted him up on this cross. You know what I like about looking at his hands on the cross? They remind me of mine. Do your hands feel like his hands to the world? Do they touch the world like he touched the world? Do they work like him? Do your feet walk like him? Are you worthy of the call that is on your life? This is the power of the blood. Choosing the nails instead of you. And he said, Father, forgive them. That's how I know he chose the cross. It is finished. And they took the spear. Then at this time, I'm, I'm closing with this. They had centurions out there that was would, would break the legs if the death was prolonged. Now, they wanted the cross to prolong the death, but at this point in time, the Sabbath was the next day, so they had to make sure that they were dead. So the two thieves that were on each side, uh, but now Jesus had already given up the ghost, and they broke the legs of the one, and he would suffocate, and they broke the legs of the other one, and he would suffocate. But seeing that Jesus was already dead, they grabbed a spear, and they thrust it into the side, and the Bible says that blood and water spewed out of his side. And each gospel account, you'll look at this. Each gospel account says, and when the centurion saw what was done, he glorified God truly. He was a righteous man. One of them says truly he was the son of God. And that's a very important. Why would the centurion glorify God? A God in whom he don't even know just from piercing the skin. Tradition holds that the centurion that was scheduled to do that was such an honorable man and such an older man, and instead of retiring, they kept him in, uh, in, in the, uh, to work for Caesar. Caesar, and his name was, and the tradition holds it, St. Longinus, uh, a Roman, and they would help him get the spear up and let him thrust aside because he was blind. His eyes were impelled. And so they would help him every time this happened. And he's, he's, he has this canonhood. He's been sainted in, in the Roman Catholic Church. And they said at the time that when he thrust that into his side, the blood and water hit him in the face and his eyes were opened. And when he saw what had happened, he glorified God and said, truly, he is the Son of God. Amen. Amen. Now he saw that. I see the heart of God being revealed to all people. He, he was like a letter opener for me. As Chris come. As Chris come. What about you? Let's put this in a little bit more perspective. And Marie, or, or just Chris, it don't matter. May I remind you in the garden that there's no other way? There's no other way. But through Jesus? <clears throat> Can I remind you that when the rooster crowed that you had denied him before as well? Can I remind us that you've got a reward coming too? Is it a what kind of crown 